My guest is, in fact, Genevieve Gluck, a women's rights campaigner, founder of Redux. It is an unapologetically pro-woman outlet uh, focused on gender identity. And Genevieve can shed some light on this phenomenon that, that, frankly, as I've said on the show, I don't even want to look into because I have been told and then I've read on different fora that talk about this phenomenon that there is a kind of pornography that is apparently a driver of the transgender identity that is so perverse that it it constitutes a kind of hypnosis where men will say, I was a normal guy, I lived to be 41, 42, and I was basically normal, but then I fell into this kind of pornography and it essentially melted my brain. I had a nervous breakdown. Now I think that I'm a woman. So rather than have to expose myself to that, and then, you know, I'll have to go to confession. Potentially my brain gets melted. I can just talk to Genevieve about it. Genevieve, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Can you just give not only the audience, but me a rundown? What is, among all of the types of pornography that lead to transgenderism, what is this hypnosis pornography? Well, you touched on a good point there. There are many types of pornography that are sort of involved with the transgender movement. Um, but hypnosis pornography is a little bit different in that it incorporates your lifestyle. So typically when we think of pornography, we think of it as something that is passive that you're sort of watching. But this type, it asks you to sort of change your behavior, uh, change the way you dress, even to start taking hormones. And it's sometimes called sissy hypno. So that's short for sissification, hypnosis, pornography. And, you know, I myself, I have personally been somewhat mocked for the suggestion that this is having a powerful impact on men. However, uh, trans activists themselves will say things like it influenced them. There's a famous academic who wrote a book in 2019. His name is Andrea Longchu, and the name of his book is Females. And in that book, he explicitly states that sissy porn and hypnosis made him start identifying as transgender. So what this incorporates is, as you might imagine, in the hypnosis style, things like repeated mantras, counting down, and probably some of the worst, most regressive stereotypes about women that you can possibly imagine. The speaker will say to the listener or viewer, uh, you are a dumb bimbo slut. Uh, you want to be a girl. You want to be a bimbo. Um, you know, just all of that sort of terrible, insulting, degrading terminology and language, which is part of the point. It's part of the thrill. It's that it's taboo, that it's degrading, that's humiliating. So I guess the question that I have is, are, is it the chicken or the egg? Are men who already have these sexual confusion issues, are they seeking out this kind of pornography or are they looking at relatively more tame pornography and then the algorithm and their own uh, addiction takes them progressively into this realm where they know, I can't imagine anybody, uh, I, I can at least intellectually understand all sorts of weird sex stuff, but I can't imagine anybody intentionally looking up a kind of pornography that would hypnotize them, degrade them, and make them, you know, chop off their genitals. That That is very difficult for me to grasp. So, so which is it? It's many things. So first of all, I spoke with some of these men who were trying to escape this addiction. You know, the, it's sort of coupled, the hypnosis pornography is also coupled with the transgender pornography. You will very rarely find anyone who's just exclusively using one. It's, mm. it's typically both. And in a lot of cases with the men that I've 
talked to, I did a survey last year with some of these these men who were trying to quit. And very often they started watching pornography at a very young age. I mean, around 12, 12 or 13. And so the nature of pornography is to escalate. Uh, you need to keep seeking out greater taboos and and such for to get the same thrill, essentially. Like, so like any drug, you know, you start out, you have like a drink or two, drug. right? And then you need 10 drinks or you need, I don't know, heroin or something. So porn is just like that. Exactly. People are raving about GenuCell skincare. Jessica from Huntsville, Alabama says, my skin looks so soft and clear. I've seen a reduced number of fine lines and dark spots. I found a new lifetime product, absolutely love it. GenuCell skincare uses a one of a kind proprietary flower base developed by the founder and pharmacist, who is a great guy, by the way. It also comes along with rare botanical extracts and powerful antioxidants for skincare results that work guaranteed. I said I would not endorse the product if I could not try it, if I were not impressed by the product. And also, fellas, I know sometimes men are a little skeptical of getting into cosmetics too much. Even slightly more men than women use GenuCell, and for good reason. GenuCell's most popular package is available to you today for 70% off, 7-0 at genucell.com slash KnowlesYT. Join millions of happy customers who've already fallen in love with the results. Plus, for a limited time, get GenuCell's probiotic extract moisturizer free with every most popular package. Go to genucell.com slash KnowlesYT, genucell.com slash KnowlesYT. And so in some cases, um, they had seen it as in as children, as 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. Many of them had not sought it out personally for themselves. Uh, they had sort of stumbled upon it by accident, which is a trend we just see with pornography in general and children viewing it, is that they often don't seek it out, but it's presented to them through things like social media. Um, but there's also men who were just into pornography and then the escalation continued. Uh, some of them were into cross-dressing, for example, and... It, it just sort of fell into their laps in that way. Mm. But there's also the problem of the algorithm. So in cases where this might be on social media, for example, it is on YouTube. There's plenty of these kinds of things on YouTube even um, that are not age-restricted. And so if you, if you follow the algorithm, it, it keeps feeding you the same type of content, right? So if you view one, then it starts to recommend it to you over and over again, and this can cause sort of this addiction. And pornography is known to be kind of dissociating in that it, it, it dissociates from your body and yourself um, and right. can cause actual body dysmorphia. So that's mm. a known side effect of pornography addiction, especially among men, that it can cause genital dysmorphia. So when you combine those things, it starts to look an awful lot like what people call gender dysphoria. So, so what you're saying, that's a very interesting point. When you're having sex with somebody, not to be too crass, but you know, I guess that's what we're talking about here, you're with another human being and you're both there in the flesh, in the room, on the bed, hopefully with your wife and you know, in a, uh, for the purpose of procreation, but you're there. You know, it's the real person that, that you have a real relationship with. With pornography, it's just phantom images flickering on a screen. And so you're saying it's, it's not even that it, the pornography gets in your head and tells you that you're the opposite sex. It's just the very act of looking at pornography is an act that denies the incarnational aspect of our being. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when you're using pornography, you're having sex with yourself, essentially. And 
So there are cases, you know, where men have sort of turned themselves into the pornography that they are watching. It's 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 a bit. Mm. I, I don't know. It, it seems to me that with enough consumption of this and addiction to it, then the men themselves will try to turn themselves into the woman that they see in pornography. Um, so there's there's also a kind of a pipeline um, through, you know starting out to transition and then going on to become or make your own pornography of yourself. Wow. Now you mentioned, <laughs> this is just so, it's kind of so shocking that I, I figured that uh, I couldn't be shocked by anything at all in politics and in these radical ideologies that are being promoted now down to pumping little kids full of hormones and castrating them. But I guess kind of the point of internet pornography is there's always something more depraved and, and so I did read an analysis, I think perhaps in the feminist current, about how this kind of pornography is in a way a meta-pornography, because as part of the hypnosis, it, it mocks you and degrades you for engaging in an act that is intrinsically degrading, that is sitting there in a room with yourself looking at pornography, which is kind of an interesting literary critique uh, and something that I would be interested to read more about, except that it seems so perverse and soul warping. You mentioned before we go that there are other kinds of pornography beyond this hypnosis stuff that that would appear to lead to the transgender identity. What are those types? Well, within transgender pornography, there are a couple of genres like forced feminization. So forced feminization is what it sounds like. It's It, it incorporates BDSM. And so ostensibly, the man is being forced to wear women's clothing. And then, you know, the, the kind of ultimate act of being forced to be a woman uh, following that. But also, they might be forced to take estrogen. Um, there's pornography that involves taking hormones, um, and there's pornography that involves um, surgery, even uh, genital surgeries, even. So, uh, also there is something called female masking. This is when when men wear uh, female latex bodysuits, and they'll even gather in conventions uh, together to participate in sexual activities uh, wearing a female bodysuit. Um, like a, like a, a, woman. a latex suit on which there is an image of a woman? A latex silicon, usually anatomically correct full bodysuit, <laughs> if you could imagine. I think I'm transforming um, into Tucker Carlson by the way. My face is just kind of browser furrowing. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's called masking. Like you it's wear a mask. Female, female masking. And I can even point specifically to a man who has written a book about this named Tori Peters. Uh, he wrote a book that was nominated for the, the female, the women's prize in fiction actually mm. two years ago. And he wrote a book about this, um, called the masker. Um, his book detransition baby was nominated for the women's prize. He's obviously he's a man. I'm referring to him with he, him pronouns, but he identifies as a woman. I know you'd also done some work on a genre of pornography. I assume it's written pornography, uh, given the topic that appears to be associated with the transgender movement that involves children and specifically in castrating and quote unquote transitioning children. What's that? 
Okay, so please forgive me. This is a little difficult to talk about. So if I pause or, you know, um, I did an investigation into the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. This is called WPATH, typically shortened to WPATH. Very prominent organization. We've referred to them on the show a number of times. Right. They set the medical protocols for the transitioning of children. And in their most recent standards of care document, which is the SOC-8, they incorporated for the first time the concept of a eunuch gender identity. And within that chapter, the eunuch chapter, they specifically cited a website that hosts and produces um, fictional child pornography that specifically involves castrating and sexually abusing children to halt them in a childlike prepubertal state. And in some cases, some of these stories actually involved chemical castration, what we know of as puberty blockers, being specifically mentioned in these stories, and then doctors uh, sexually abusing these children who had their puberty halted. And this story, I it, it upsets me, as you can tell, but I mean, it's tremendously important and significant, I think, that a, a organization like WPATH not only cited this forum, but was working with members of the forum for over a decade. And I have had trouble, I've struggled to try to get this story out into the mainstream media because I think maybe it's so grotesque that people don't actually believe it or they don't want to believe it, or I don't know, but um, it's pretty much out in the open. And the academics who were involved in that forum and partnered with WPATH, uh, have written several academic papers involving these men and basically suggesting that written child pornography is a form of therapy for them. That was going to be my next question is, how is this legal? It's a, it's a form of child pornography. Maybe it doesn't involve cameras and uh, images, but it's pornography. It's obscene content. It's obscene content that involves children. I, I guess I have so many layers of shock here because on the one hand, you think, okay, this should be illegal. You, isn't there some government body that should be clamping down on this? Two, WPATH is a very, very prominent transgender organization. The very prominent, supposedly mainstream trans organization is working with the people producing this kind of pornography. That's shocking. And then I guess the, the most shocking thing is that the kind of stuff being described as a sexual kink in this pornography, as you describe it, that is castrating children and pumping them full of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, that's, that's now policy at the federal level. So the thing that's viewed as a dark, weird sexual desire in the darkest bowels of the internet, that's national policy. Yeah, it's horrifying. And within that forum, there's about 10,000 written stories. So this forum has operated since at least 1998, but actually prior to that, it was operating on Usenet um, and and sharing snuff pornography through that route as well. Um, and on that forum, if the 10,000 stories, about approximately 4,000 of them are specifically tagged with the term minor. So nearly half of them involve children. Uh, in particular. So my question is, why isn't anything being done about this? And you did mention the legality of this, right? Because it is written, because of it, they are stories, this is actually perfectly legal. And that is something that was done during the Ashcroft versus Free Speech Coalition decision. I think it was in 2000 or about then. 
And it was decided then that content of this nature was perfectly legal. Right. Important to note, though, John Ashcroft was the attorney general relatively recently in American history, right? You're talking about post-2000. For for most of American history, nothing even coming close to this content would have been considered legal or or protected as a, under the First Amendment or anything like this. It's a very radical new idea that child mutilation porn would somehow be protected speech. Uh, Genevieve, I've got to leave it there because we're right up against the wall. Uh, we have to have you back. To, to talk more about this. People write in all the time, not about this kind of porn, <laughs> generally speaking, but about pornography addiction, about the things you're talking about, how it escalates, how they were exposed to it super young, uh, how it's destroying their lives. So we have to get you back to talk more about this issue that seems to be ubiquitous and nobody wants to talk about in public. So Genevieve, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? Um, I can be found on Twitter at Women Read Women and also uh, Redux.info. So that's Redux with two X's, R-E-D-U-X-X.info. We're a news site that focuses pretty heavily on the issues with transgenderism and how that conflicts with the rights of women and children. And that's how you pronounce it, by the way, is Redux. Now, I was pronouncing it in that's the right. French way, maybe the Latin way, Redux. Uh, wonderful. Uh, go check out Genevieve's work there, and then check her out here whenever she comes back on the show. Thank you so much. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. We'll see you tomorrow.